All right, everybody, welcome to this episode of Learning the Tropes. I'm your host, Erin, and today I am joined by podcaster, creator of NYT Vows, uh, former stand-up comedian and author, Selena Kopik. Hi, Selena. Hi, Erin. <laughs> so today we're back, your return visitor. So when we first spoke, we talked a little bit about your romance journey. We touched about... Um, romance in your life in general and i assigned you a book mm-hmm. which was it happened one summer by tessa bailey you yes. have it there yep i have it here um so i think but i know that there you have big feelings i'm very excited to hear them because you texted me i'm ready to talk about this book now that was four days ago <laughs> I know. I was surprised when you're like, okay, in four days, I was like, it's on the tip of my brain. <laughs> I like, I was about to dive into another book, but I kind of, I wanted to keep my brain fresh for this one. Although mm-hmm. I actually did. I'm re- uh, right now I'm reading um, Anthony Bourdain's, you know, his like first one. The oh, Kitchen, Kitchen Confidential. Confidential. Yeah. Cause I'd never read it. And, and I felt like, I felt like this book would stay fresh in my brain. Cause it's so different from, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, I can read Kitchen Confidential and I'm not going to like blur the two together or anything. Oh, yeah, definitely. And yeah, Kitchen, I loved Kitchen Confidential, but I feel like everyone was like this seedy underbelly of chefs and having worked in like bars for like six or seven years at that stage, I was like, this feels tape. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Like, uh, I mean, also, yeah, I I mean, and I'm only like a third of the way through, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think I was expecting a little more like dirty secrets and it's just like well here's how fish deliveries work and why you might not want it you know like uh yeah i, I mean I'll, and a lot of it is sort of common sense or even like explaining like mise en place is that it you know where mm-hmm. it's just like the things you want to cook with like um yeah i i thought it was i thought it was going to be a little more rock and roll but it's like oh no it's just about like here's what you stock in a well-stocked kitchen you know <laughs> Which also, yeah, I, I find, yeah. I mean, I loved it. I loved him so much. He was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah, he does have, I mean, his writing is just so, like, rich and delicious, mm-hmm. you know? Like, even when he's just talking about, like, sitting at a beer and getting a side of oysters, you know? And it's just like, oh, yeah, you know? You're like, I want to be there. I know. I don't need totally. oysters, but maybe I'll start. Yeah, you should. I love them. <laughs> um. All right. So to jump back in, so your reading journey with it happened one summer. You took it on vacay Correct. to Chicago. Yes, I took it on vacay to Chicago. I started it on the plane there and then I read it. Or actually, maybe I started just before I got on the plane. Um, but I cranked through a bunch on the plane. And mm-hmm. then we did Chicago and Grand Rapids and Charlevoix, Michigan. And I Charlevoix, we had some like really nice like sitting on the porch reading time, which was great. Um, and then I finished it on the flight home. Yeah. So it was... Yeah. Yeah, a fun it's little really trip with book. you. Yeah. So let's judge the cover before we kind of dive in. I mean, I, you're chomping on the bit. I can't wait. You have it there. I can also bring it up here. <laughs> nice. Yes. Um. So yeah. So as your first romance novel, you read strictly physical books. Yep. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because oh, because you're an editor, so you you're so used to reading things on a screen. Exactly. Yeah. It's. I mean, I yeah. just yeah, I read on a screen books all day long mm-hmm. at my job. So I really, I also find that I have a better, uh, for me at least, when something is tangible and it's in my hands, I think I retain it better. And when I can sort of see the page, or even, or also I like to get a sense of where am I in the book? Okay, I'm halfway through. Like, and mm-hmm. have a real physical sense of that. Um, so I always prefer, but also I'm a perfect bound soft cover girl. Like if it's hardcover jacketed, I will wait for the perfect bound book to come out because <laughs> I can't be lugging around a hardcover jacketed, you know? No. And jackets are so fucking annoying because oh, they're always like slipping, sliding. Oh, exactly. I pull those right off. They're mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. Not a jacket yeah. to be found in my house. No. Can't be yeah. bothered. Agreed. Um. Okay. So this is your first romance novel you were yeah. carting around showing it to the america's heartland <laughs> what <laughs> what do you think of this cover i i like the cover i feel like the color scheme is very appealing mm-hmm. like i love the pops of red um and you know it's like in i think it's the first scene where she's being dumped by her kind of crummy boyfriend i believe she's wearing that particular red dress so like it really mm-hmm. resonated right away there's a lot of talk about his beanie so um <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this, 
you know, it works very well. I will say I'm a, I'm a font snob. Um, and because I work in publishing, I have a lot of feelings about fonts and I don't love a curly cue. Um, mm. so, but you know, but I get that they want to have a nice mix of things. And I mean, I can see the value of a curly cue just because it shows sort of levity and lightness. Um, so I get that, but yeah, overall really strong cover, I think. Yeah, definitely. And Tessa Bailey in particular, but this is like the way that covers are moving towards these sort of cartoon covers, hmm. uh, people being drawn. I I mean, this is a good cover for that, mm -hmm. but I also feel like there's hardcore sex in this book. Yeah. And these... <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're like, there's hardcore sex. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like women's lit like even YA or something and like yeah. that's always the issue that I have with these kind of cartoon covers because it's like this is a telegraphing like ass eating which is yeah. what you're gonna get yeah 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 I mean it almost reminds me like have you heard recently about with you know more marijuana legalization that like a lot of like high school kids are now ending up like taking big edibles because they're kind of not realizing and I mean I wonder mm -hmm. if this feels the same where it's like Perhaps you could have a YA kid who like loses his way and ends up getting this book and then is like, whoa, in the hospital? Like, you know. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it is for for, for a cartoon cover, I'll grant it that it's a good cartoon cover. Mm -hmm. But I think for but I just don't like cartoon covers. But anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Selena, what was this book about? Oh man. Uh, it, I mean, it was like, uh, I literally like wrote down notes and I was like, I found like the will they, won't they push pull, which I realize is the backbone of a romance <laughs> novel. Like that part kind of got to me, you know, like, uh, and it's funny because I was thinking like, I love Jane Austen and like, you know, it's like, Jane Austen is all has will they, won't they, you know, like Darcy's a dick, right? But wait, do we like it? You know, like. So part of me tried to be like, Selena, don't be so, uh, you know, I mean, uh, will they, won't they, yo, that's the, that's the, like, that's the tale as old as time, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so she, you know, I mean, I, I liked also in the introduction, the author explained that sort of this character, Piper, was inspired by that girl from, um, from Schitt's Creek. Schitt's Creek, Yeah. Um, which I thought it was sort of fun to know that. And that really helped me kind of picture her. Um, but yes, mm -hmm. she's just this sort of Hollywood party girl, doesn't really do anything, mostly just photographed on um, red carpets and at parties. And her stepdad, you know, finally she goes one, you know, throws one party too many. Her stepdad banishes her to a tiny town uh, in the Pacific Northwest where the family turns out owns an old bar um, and they have family connections there. Cause that's where her father, her birth father was from and where he died from. It's a fishing village. Um, so she and her sister head up there to turn the no name. It was the no name, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. To sort of see what they can do with it. Um, and, and kind of turn it around. And then of course she meets the local hottie, um, and, you know, and they will, they won't they for roughly 200 pages um, until they bang it out in a hospital bedroom, uh, hospital room, uh, and then subsequently bang it out a few more times, including, wait, I actually, was there only two, I feel like there were only two sex scenes, or maybe three. Well, there, there's the date where he makes her, he like shows her her house, and then they, it's oral sex, mm -hmm. and then yes, the yes, hospital, yes. Mm -hmm. and then... Did they at the yeah in the were, hotel room? Yeah, the hotel room when they do the getaway. Yeah, and then in the boat on the boat. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So, what are your <laughs> thoughts, Lita? I cannot wait to find out. I mean, honestly, I feel like such a Pollyanna. I was so uncomfortable with the sex scenes, like, and I, you know, and this is a, it's absurd for me to be like. I literally, I would be like, kind of like anxiously reading the sex scenes especially because you're like ah, I'm just like I don't know so I'd be reading some of these sex scenes 
and just and feeling like so uncomfortable with it and so freaked out by it. But then I'd be like, I used to do a joke on stage in stand up comedy about like, you know, not to be too crass. And I don't know if this would be, but you know, like I used to do tawdry jokes on stage, you know, like so inappropriate jokes about blowing the entire hockey team in college, you know, like just like really dirty stuff and so the fact that I was like whoa this sex scene in a book like I am an absolute I'm such a tool but I like couldn't handle it (laughs) you just couldn't handle it my favorite parts of the book were all the non-sex scenes that like I found the sex scenes so I mean also like the vocabulary around that and I know that that's probably just like par for the course like if you're a romance novel person you know that you know they never say the word vagina or even pussy. They say the word sex um, or, you know, just the euphemisms and stuff. Like, I'm sure that those are all sort of standard trope or, you know, standard things. Um, but I found those sort of odd too, you know. That is so interesting because, I mean, you hear pussy, but I, yeah, you're no, in during the act, you wouldn't hear uh people wouldn't say vagina necessarily i'm sure it's happened but like it is so funny that that's all something you just have to get used to reading yeah 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 and you're just not there but (laughs) um yeah and they have a lot of they have a lot of sex and the tessa bailey is also known for like her men writing like mostly like blue collar kind of guys mm-hmm. and also like they always dirty talk yeah like wow. that's what she's <laughs> yeah i mean the dirty talk where she where he's like i own you like the really like possessive stuff like well i do find that quite sexy i was sort of like uh, i mean and i feel like i'm an anthropologist like an anthropologist being like what is it like to go into the world of romance novels but like you know i yeah, some of the stuff I was like, ooh, this is a little problematic, huh? You know? But also I think there are things said in the heat of passion and there's things said like during sex that it's like, yeah, I wouldn't say this at brunch. Mm-hmm. But it's like part of That's the passion. True. It's like the sexiness of it. Like I yeah. I didn't feel like Brendan was overly problematic or overly possessive um, in general or like yeah. he wouldn't have let her break up with him. Oh, yeah. You know what I, I mean, mean like, no, he seemed like such a good guy especially that he was always trying to like earn earn her and make sure that she knows that she deserves good treatment and that he wants to be that guy I mean and in that way he really that character really reminded me of in 2013 when my book came out I was dating a truck driver from New Jersey who was a former pro hockey I know I don't know your ex-boyfriends kill me oh you're always like oh did do you remember when I was dating that uh that motorcycle gang member who also owns yeah the oh i know the motorcycle gang member who owns a um a bar that's like a rock and roll nutso bar um oh yeah but yeah not to be confused with the dude i dated oh ryan he was so sweet he was a truck driver previously he'd been a pro hockey player in particular he was a goon so that's just someone who just fist fights like all like it's kind of an outdated uh position like it's more it was Mm -hmm. big in the 70s and 80s and it's just like a boxer who knows how to skate pretty much um so that, that is a romance hero. Oh, I know. I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah, so I mm-hmm. kept, so actually Brendan reminded me of that guy, like, just like, you know, he looks like such a man's man, but like really good natured kind of traditional notions of courtship and of mm-hmm. like feeling like you want to, you know, prove that you, that you deserve the person. And, um, cause yeah. So in that way, I felt like the characterization of Brendan was really dead on. I thought. Yeah. And I just love guys like that too. They always make me laugh because it's like men satirically, it's such a, a narrow lane for them, especially these like hyper masculine guys. And mm-hmm. it's always funny when it's like, this is the the shirt and jeans that I wear that as casual, but here are the shirt and jeans I wear and that are fancy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, and like, I guess you're tucking beanie? one in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. At one stage, he takes off his beanie because he thinks he's in two. A, a fancy place and it's like this place this hotel is too fancy for a beanie i know i know oh my god yeah oh. um what did you think of piper um there was stuff about her i liked and and i could really like 
see how she sort of seems like this sort of frivolous kind of uh, unserious, you know, like I could, you know, I mean, I appreciated her kind of grappling with herself and how she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I am just a, a kind of a useless girl who just walks the run, you know, like who just goes to parties and, um, and then I liked kind of her silliness too, you know, like, but that I do think she had this great silliness, but also a real self-awareness, you know, like that when she's like, Hey, crank it up, let's party. And then it's like, wait, this is like a few effectively like a, you know, a funeral or memorial service. And she's like, Oh my God. And like, you know, knows well enough to like get out of there is sitting alone in the street. And it's like, I'm, I screwed that up. I screwed, you know, like, uh, you know, kind of really like under, like takes responsibility for herself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I liked her. The one thing I didn't like was the phrase "the recharging station." It was used a lot. Yeah, and like it just—maybe I'm too cynical. Like, but I just was like, oh, I, I, yeah, that wasn't that part. Did not uh, it didn't vibe with me. So that was whenever she would like Brendan would hug her. Like his chest was the recharging station. Exactly. Yeah. And so she always was trying to get in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even the first time, the first scene that we even hear the recharging station, she's sort of like spiraling and like freaking out. And um, and then she sort of lets that slip, you know, and he mm-hmm. thinks that's really cute. But yeah, like it came up a couple of times and like, I don't know, it's just, it's so silly, but it was just this one thing where I was like, oh, nah, you lost me there. Like it just, for me, it was just kind of a joke that I think is meant to be very cute, but like, I just it didn't buy, it wasn't for me. All right. That's fair enough. I mean, that's what I, I think Piper, I mean, I did, did you watch Schitt's Creek? I saw like a couple episodes. Me too. Like I never really connected with it. I get that people really, really love it. But I think um, to me, it was almost like a negative that they, that she had said that. Yeah. Because I think the thing about that show and, and this is like two people who didn't really watch it. So it's great that we're making these generalizations yeah, about something yeah. we do not know anything about. <laughs> exactly. But like, it, it's not, it doesn't feel rooted in reality. Like if there's a heightened sense in that whole show. Mm-hmm. And so it was hard for me then when it was like, it's this character who's like such a ditz mm-hmm. to then be like, uh, it took me a while to like then drop into Piper or like feel the groundedness of Piper. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, once it was there, I thought it was really sweet. And it's this, what I like too, mm-hmm. or what I thought was interesting about her is she's this like, you know, obviously like gorgeous, like party girl. And she had never had a boyfriend mm-hmm. for more than like two weeks. So she had this like big complex about kind of like people not taking her seriously. Yeah. Which I relate to yeah. a lot. Like I just not to be like, I'm a gorgeous party girl, but you um... are a gorgeous party girl. I'll <laughs> say it. So you don't have to, but, but I related to the, like people not taking you seriously or under like, that that stuff kind of resonated with me of like feeling like gosh will I ever find a partnership with someone where it's not just oh you're cute and I guess I could bring you to this party or like oh like I want to hook up with you you know like to really trying to be try to be attempting to seek out like a real partnership which I didn't find till I was 39 and I don't know that that part kind of spoke to me too yeah. When I have no idea how actually, d- does it ever say how old Piper is? I can't remember. I'm not sure. It may be deliberately evasive about that. Because, um, yeah, I mean, there aren't a lot of tethers to like, yeah, are we supposed to know how many years she's just been sort of partying her way through L.A.? Like, yeah. did she go to college? Did Was she just like, you know, L.A. royalty? So just like at age 18 is, just, you know, like started her life, her adult life. I'm not sure. Well, because I think they had left Westport 25 years ago, but she was like oh, was 29 then because she said that mm-hmm. she was like four at the yeah. time. So, I mean, and, and 29 isn't even that late. And I think I like I have a lot of friends who didn't have their first like real relationship until, yeah, until like their 30s or or until, yeah, until their 30s. I mean, I'm in my 30s now. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting. There does seem to be more... um heroines who are older because at the beginning it was always like a 19 year old like a precocious 19 year old falls in love Mm -hmm. and it was always like such a bummer about those books too because you're like see what's out there like don't get married at 19 that's awful yeah I mean that's how I feel about like on the bachelorette like 
Mm-hmm. You know, they'll have like 23 year olds who are like, huh, where is my guy? And I'm like, oh, my. I mean, I loved, you know, during lockdown, they were supposed to have Claire as a bachelorette. And she was, I think, like pushing 40. And I was like, yes, mm-hmm. give me a bachelorette who's had some lived experience, who, yeah, like isn't just looking to like getting, you know, who I think just sort of knows what it's like in the dating pool and maybe will yeah. have learned good lessons and either appreciate certain guys that are in the mix here or, you know. Yeah. Claire crashed and burned though. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like that season was so insane. Although I'm so glad she's doing great now. I follow her on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Are they um, still together? Her no, and that guy? No, oh, they no. did not last long. He never seemed oh. very into her. And that was the part no. that was rough to watch. Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I think he's like a sort of wannabe actor. Like I think he ended mm. up doing some like Hallmark movie or something. Like, I mean, Think I hate to say thankfully, but like thankfully his career has like floundered because I mean he was just uh, it just sucks because she was there earnestly you know like she's there in good faith and he seemed like he totally was not so mm. sad stuff <laughs> sad stuff sorry for the random aside yeah no no it's good and everybody should know that Celine you used to do the Bachelor recaps yeah I used to recaps yeah, yeah on my blog I mean and that is how I got my book deal on my blog which is still out there selenacopic.com blogs or no selenacopic.blogspot.com whatever it's a blog spot uh I, if that tells you what era it was from but uh, yeah but yeah I used to write these like extensive recaps of every episode of the bachelor and the bachelorette and they were really fun you know like it was fun to do commentary about clothing and hair and dynamics um which actually to bring it back to it happened one summer I I thought it was interesting the real specifics about the clothing stuff you know like yeah that was kind of fun and I just thought the specificity was really cool and refreshing and uh, I don't know just like I mean it shows that the author really knows that stuff you know the thing about like the clothing in books it's it does like date it so quickly yeah yeah because like I don't know that party girls in LA are wearing Monique LeHoulier yeah like that was very like 2005 ish kind of you know yeah but yeah, was there any other like surprises about the book for you that like feel romantic, romance centric? Like, yeah, describing the clothes is a big romance thing. Oh, really? Okay. And eye color. Hmm. Talking about eye color is very romance. Okay. Apparently. I got to say, one thing that I found it hard to, and maybe I just wasn't reading closely enough, but I felt like we got kind of a description of what she looks like. We got kind of a description of what he looks like, but I couldn't quite get my brain around what her and her sister's like kind of crummy apartment in Westport was supposed to look like or what the bar was supposed to look like. I just felt like I didn't feel like I understood the setting very well. And, you know, Mm -hmm. there were mentions of like, you know, a piece of wood gets moved and there's pictures or like at one point, you know, someone was using a barrel as a stool. Like there were moments but, you know, and part of me is like, yeah, I guess you, nobody wants to be like, and here's what the bar looked like. First you walk in and, you know, like, you know, uh, I, I like, but I did feel like I wish I had a better, that I had a better visual picture in my head of like the upstairs apartment that is supposed to, supposedly so creepy and gross. Like, cool. In what way? How? Like, is it bugs or is it mice? Um, It's fully furnished. Is it really dusty? Has anyone been up there in years? You know, like. I just couldn't get it. Like, I was like, I feel like there's not enough here for me. Yeah, it was mice. They talked about the mice. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it was just like bunk beds and then a small kitchen and then a window that just opened up into another building. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought it was interesting that, uh, you know, when they start fixing up the, the... the, the speed in which they fix up the bar, I will say, se- seemed quick because mm-hmm. it was like from this like downtrodden thing. And like I this is me and this is why it's good I don't write romance novels because truly I would focus on the dumbest shit and nobody oh. would read my books. Because <laughs> I'm like, what is the economics behind the town owning the bar? Because I'm like, when they walk in, there's somebody behind the bar, but who's doing the ordering of the booze? Yeah. Or does like everybody just bring booze? BYO. And do you pay? Yeah. And oh, if I... you pay, where does the money go? Yeah. Or does the do you tip and it just goes to whoever has decided to jump behind the bar? <laughs> and what happened to that guy? when the girls come and take it over. Oh, I know. Cause exactly. Like we were led to understand, like 
I expect there to be, there, I expected there to be kind of a liaison who was like, hey, yeah, I have been secretly keeping this place running, low key. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and to maybe have that person kind of be there on their like entree into the community. But yeah, it seemed like, do you guys just all have keys to this abandoned bar? I mean, who opens it? Yeah, you know, like, and I get you that it's like, who, these are dumb questions. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know, like, we're here to hear, we're here to just experience it. Will they, won't they? And then dicking down. Like, that is why we're here, you know? So we're here to, we're here to hear about how tight his zipper is against him at various points. <laughs> oh my God, that's like, uh, also, did you notice he was forever like looking at the hem of her dress like i just felt like i haven't heard hems mentioned this much in my life ever like i was like wow so much hem talk um and yeah and yeah oh my god it was so oh it's interesting yeah but yeah he just goes and he just barehanded pulls plywood off of a wall and there's a door there that opens up and he builds her a pergola yeah <laughs> would you what piece of lawn accoutrement would you want a man to build for you Ooh, great question mm. <laughs> i mean a pergola is a wonderful thing but your girl loves a tan so mm-hmm. you know maybe like a tanning area where i could like or no you know what would be nice is like if i have a tanning area a little table that could like have a drink on it but maybe it's like a drink holder so that it like you know if I accidentally swat in that direction, my drink doesn't fall and I could have like a book and a magazine there. So like a little table, you know, would that be nice? Yeah. A pergola. That's nice. A pergola, but also with a tanning station. Mm -hmm. I like that idea because then we have like your friends who do not want to be in the sun can sit under the pergola and Mm -hmm. then you're out there baking. Yeah. yeah. I'm sitting next to you also baking. Lord knows I love it. Win win. Yes. Yeah. I love a gazebo. There's something romantic about a gazebo. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I love a gazebo. Yeah, remember in, uh, what was that? The Sound of Music when, um, oh, God. yeah, that girl does the like dance number. Oh, it's Rolf so and Liesel. Yeah. Although Rolf is problematic too, right? He was a full Nazi. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's the dark probably, cloud over yeah. that romantic scene. At yeah. that stage, I think we don't know that Rolf turns full Nazi, and yeah. so we could still be a little bit more. He's just, you know, yeah. sending telegrams to the house. Exactly. He's just six. She's sixteen, going on seventeen, and she's in love. Yeah. <laughs> um, growing up, a friend of mine's father designed like for hotels. I don't actually even know what he did, but it was like something with gazebos and hotels, and they had like four gazebos on their property. I was like. This is money. This is wealth. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Mo money, mo gazebos, as they say. <laughs> yes, exactly. Wow, truly. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, can I bring up one thing that completely pulled me out of the book? Let's talk about it. Okay. So you know, toward the end, when they when they get in the fight, and Brandon's like, "I'm going to go sleep on the boat," um, and she's like, "Oh my God," you know, and she feels misunderstood, and she's like, "I'm going to go tomorrow morning," and I'm going to, you know, like then we can kind of talk and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also I thought it was interesting that like, she has these things she has to do of like, you know, taking that guy for a walk or, you know, walking him. Um, you know, I, I mean, and I, I did quick aside, like I did think that it's, it did seem true to like, if a person is kind of down on themselves and they don't think that they are especially great, like we're sort of supposed to think that Piper feels, um, then yeah, I guess she is like helping Opal and not even thinking anything of it and taking this older gentleman for walks and mm-hmm. not needing a claim for it, you know, because I think, you know, it seems like she does have just this, you know, she likes to be friendly and social and this is how you're being friendly and social. Um, but I couldn't believe when they're like, you know, so he, you know, Brendan's like hoping that she'll show up before they leave and and she gets there too late because like, I'm sorry, people leave commercial fishermen leave the dock at roughly 4 a.m like yeah you know like i couldn't believe what she's like so i got up and did some errands and i was like he's already gone lady like <laughs> i mean and who's even gonna be there at like 4 4 30 a.m like i mean because when she was like i'll catch him before he leaves in my head i was like oh you better set your alarm for 3 30 a.m like because it is an yeah. early morning out um famously fishermen like to start the day early they're not moseying out around 10 no exactly that's what i was like oh no no we are wrong you know and 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 i feel like that's also easily looked up like from a writing perspective you know because because i was like you know my my college roommate had her dad or yeah her dad was a fisherman out of east hampton um 
And so she would, you know, like tell interesting stories and he had all these like funny in, or, you know, just injuries on his hands from uh, accidents on the boat and stuff. But yeah, I mean, they would usually be like coming back around lunchtime, you know, like they've yeah. done, you know, it's, you got to go so early in the morning. Um, but I Googled it just to be sure. Cause I was like, perhaps I'm misremembering and like, it's easily Googleable. Um, I, that was just one thing where I was like, huh, okay. Like because it was a plot point that was sort of important that like everyone else had gathered and then she showed up late. And um, yeah, I just thought I was like, Oh, that could have been handled differently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do love this book. This was my second time reading it and I felt like, you know, it was such a quick read too. Like Mm -hmm. that's the thing. Um, And I love Piper and Brendan, but the, yeah, there were a few things that I was like, okay. Like, I think you, she could have texted him. Sorry, I was with an old man who was maybe concussed and bleeding from the head. I didn't feel like I could leave that situation. Exactly. I was the only one there. So I missed waving. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, put that in a text message. Yeah. It's like, here's what happened. Like, Abe yeah. fell. Like, that drove me crazy. And also, at the end... You know, so so he's gone out on this days long fishing trip and like the other wives are mean to her for no reason. They're like, you can't cry because then he'll fuck up on the boat and it'll be your fault. And yeah. I'm like, let's calm down on the blaming women for men's actions. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. But then um, uh, Brendan's. What do you call your father-in-law then when your spouse dies? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like former. Ed wife's dad. Yeah, exactly. Former, yeah. Yeah. Former father-in-law comes in and is really cruel to Piper for no reason, just because he feels like Brendan shouldn't never move on. Yeah. Um, and so then she goes back to LA because she feels like everybody in Westport hates her, the little fishing town. Mm-hmm. And then like not an hour later, everybody comes into the bar and is like, we love Piper so much. And I was like, Hannah, you couldn't call. She's in an Uber. Oh, exactly. We're I mean, packing. Exactly. Like, she, she hasn't gotten on the plane yet. I know. She's I know. two hours from Seattle. Where's this flight? Like, just be like, girl, come back. Exactly. Yeah. It seemed like there were these like gaps of information sharing that like, I guess they were good for the plot, but like, I was like, come on, like this. Yeah. It just, yeah. It was just such an odd choice to me. Cause it's like, this is supposed to take place in like current day. Like people yeah. text each other, like so easily, even though it, this, Hannah is like, you know, slammed behind the bar. Cause now she's bartending alone. She still could like shoot a text and be like, oh my gosh, here's a picture. Look how packed it is. Whoa. Like come back. You know, like, Yeah. Yeah, I there's always time for a quick text. And then also that like she didn't know what had happened that people ended up coming to the bar just later until Brendan showed up the next day in LA and was like, "No, babe, everything's good." And she was like, "Really?" Yeah. And I'm like, her sister who's like worried about her losing her sparkle wouldn't have called her the next morning and been like, "Girl, you will not believe what happened last night. It was exactly. crazy." Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I know that like, you know, you need miscommunications and you know misconnections mm-hmm. for the plot to you know for books like you know I mean that's I get that but but yeah some of it was like oh this feels really really unrealistic um yeah yeah that did I mean the boat thing I guess I'll forgive because it's like like you said it is so vital to the plot but it is you know it it, it is what it is but like those that's at the end of the book this time I was just like oh like we like I get that there needs to be a misunderstanding, but you have to do better at like why none of this is communicated to her in a way where it could have been. It's not like she's like, I just threw away my phone. I didn't want to hear from anybody or something. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. What did you, so something else that happens in romances is we get sequels set up for us during the book. Can you guess who the next book is about? <laughs> well, it's so funny. Cause when they do that little trip and they go, you know, record shopping or whatever, and did they go to Seattle? Was it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's funny. Cause I sort of thought, I'm like, why are we, why is it four of us going? Like if I were Piper, I'd be like, um, no, Brandon, let's do an amazing, sexy weekend at a hotel. Man, you, you know, like, <laughs> um, so I thought, yeah, that I was kind of like, but, but then, yeah, I mean, it was so funny. Cause then I was like, I, I think it was actually at the tail end of the book 
they there's like an ad yeah they're you know like i mean literally here's the you know the book like the whole story is wrapping up and then on the final page it's like keep an eye out for hannah's story in hook line and sinker you know like and i was like <laughs> oh my god like it just seemed i don't know because i feel like you could kind of sense like huh i don't know why do i care about what's going on with hannah and this guy and then it's like oh yeah i mean but but also i that's kind of an interesting i mean it's like it's like a Mr. Show sketch where like every scene just leads into the next scene, you know, like, and mm-hmm. I'm sure like, it's a great way to sell more books too. Like, oh, you know, cause actually I think Hannah seems like a very interesting character, the way that she loves music so much. Like, yeah, I might need to read the next one. Have you read the next one? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Because mm. Fox is like a, is like a man child, like a man whore kind of situation. And he's like already really into Hannah. And then I forget why, but we'll call it romance reasons, which is why like a lot of things happen. Like she needs to move in with him. And then they like live together. It's like forced proximity. So they're like living together. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, wow. Remember the movie Overboard? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. You should read it. It, I mean, I think this is what gets people hooked on romance is because you read one book and you're like, huh, what about these two? And then now you're off to the races and you're reading Hook, Light, and Zinker. I know, which is funny because I feel like I came on this podcast being like, "Mm, romance is not for me. Sorry. (laughs) And now I'm like, "Mm, but what about Hannah and Fox? Yeah. You know, I mean, (laughs) I'm sure that is really how they get you. I mean, because it is like, I mean, I used to have before COVID or before lockdown, I read, I almost never read fiction. I read all nonfiction. I would read really heavy stuff. Like I loved real things mm-hmm. that are true. And, you know, sometimes that are sort of tragic, like not true crime, but, you know, like history of affordable housing in Chicago, like really like dry Oof. stuff. Um, yeah. And then, then during COVID, I was like, you know what I need to like, cause I used to think I used to say like fiction is bullshit. And like, I don't have time for like, and then during lockdown, I was like, you know what, Selena, like give yourself permission to have a real a distraction, like just immerse yourself in a story that you know is not true, but could be beautifully crafted, you know? Um, and uh, so like, I feel like I'm only re- a recent convert to fiction at all, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it can be just such a fun, like, you know, while I was traveling around Chicago, I was definitely thinking about like, huh, I wonder if they really will fix up the bar in time for the big opening night, you know, like... <laughs> and that's fun no it is so much fun and and i mean that's the thing is like every romance ends with a happily ever after Mm -hmm. but what makes a good romance is when you're like how the fuck is this gonna work they're not gonna pull this off Yeah, yeah yeah and i think the thing that makes this a great romance too is like there's external and internal reasons why they might not work Mm -hmm. because it's not until the very end that hannah's like yeah i'll give up la i don't care Mm mm-hmm because I'm not Hannah Piper. But I think the thing that I love about Piper too is she's like, I'm going to bloom where I'm planted. Like wherever I am. Yeah. I am the thing that brings the party and therefore I will have fun wherever. Yeah. And so she's like, yeah, I have a blast in LA because it's me. Mm-hmm. And I'll have a blast in Westport because it's me. Exactly. You yeah. know? Yeah. That's what my like childhood bestie, Suzanne, we used to live together in South Boston after college. And we would always, we were like, you know, we would go out to bars in Boston sometimes and we had this one like sort of grumpy kind of friend who would be like, mm, this bar sucks. And then we'd go to a different bar and she'd be like, mm, this bar sucks. And Suzanne and I were always like, no, no, no. Like you make the fun. Like literally you make your own fun. And if a bar sucks, it's because you suck. Like yeah, do something more fun. Like start, I don't know, just like start dancing or chat up a random table of people or, you know, like, and in that way, yeah, I do like, I found Piper very appealing and I related to her a lot. Like, um, but also I thought that, and sorry, I feel like I'm all over the place, but I felt like no. Brendan's, you know, initially when we meet him and like, he's wearing the wedding band, like his whole storyline, I found really interesting and like very kind of believable that like, he's a very dutiful man. He lives in this small town with his late wife's dad. So of course, yeah, like, you know, that he's sort of battled this thing of like, he feels like he's not given permission to move on. And then there's this annual event that initially, you know, like felt one way and now feels like, oh, we're doing this again. Like, I kind of, I really appreciated the depth of his, uh, you know, just sort of character, just what was going on with him mentally of like, you know, 
and because you really could see how like oh piper was perfect for him you know just that like he's just this really dutiful kind of steady guy and you know like and she's just such a fun yin to hang his yang you know and he's and that he's like maybe she helps him see like hey you know it does you're not a bad guy she's been gone for seven years you are allowed to move on yeah yeah i mean and that's the thing that what makes this book great and and sort of the craft of it too it's like they started so diametrically opposite and mm-hmm. brendan's able to be like grumpy and kind of mean to her but not in a way that we ever believe he is a mean person yeah yeah you know and i think we get tipped off so early that like he has feelings for her or he like sort of has a crush on her that we always know that like that's the direction things are going yeah but it starts with them feeling so opposed to each other in which like oil and water and then like as we go on we're like no these are the two people that need to be together mm-hmm. you know totally that's what i love about romance because like you said it's like a will they won't they i mean they are doing like they are doing it pretty early mm-hmm. and um but but you sort of um you know are they gonna last like sort of are they going to be able to stay together are they going to be able to each get over their own shit yeah. and they do yeah um what did you think about them having sex for the first time in a hospital? Uh, <laughs> oh god, it was like, yeah. I mean, also, wait, was she, was he like fucking her from behind in the hospital? Like, I couldn't. I think they were up against a wall. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like they weren't on a hospital bed. Like, thank God. Yeah. Because Lord knows the fluids on those things. I know. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, and the fact that like. Yeah, I just remember being like, whoa, like, I just, I didn't think it was going to go down there. That was surprising. But I guess that's half the fun. But then that they, like, walk out and they're like, oh, hi, dead wife's dad. You know, like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, especially when you, like, just got dicked down. Oh, my God. That's the worst. Yeah. That's the most embarrassing thing. And you do always think that everyone can see it on you. Yeah. Yeah. But they, people really can't. They can't tell. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing because I also thought this was a tame book before I gave it to you. Really? Oh my god! Yeah, but then I read. I was like, oh no, this is kind of a little bit okay. More than good. I remember. I mean, also, yeah, like I'm, uh, I'm not someone who reads this kind of thing ever, you know. So like, I think even when when I hit that first scene in the hospital, I was like, whoa, here we go, you know. Like, it just because I'm like such a I'm a romance newbie. Yeah. Um, so this book has been optioned. So it'll be oh, wow. a movie, I think. Oh my god, which I mean is so uh, yeah, like it I mean, you know, on the cover it's there's a quote from Entertainment Weekly was that said her voice mm-hmm. feels as fresh and contemporary as a Netflix rom com. And mm-hmm. yeah, as I was reading it, I do feel like yeah, I mean it would make sense as yeah, like uh I don't know, a Hallmark or uh, you know, like yeah, as a movie. Um I feel like it's better than a Netflix rom-com. Netflix mm. rom-coms are pretty... And listen, the writers are on strike and we just support the writers. But like yeah. some of them are pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who? So who would you dream cast for Piper and Brendan? Oh, gosh. Great question. Hmm. I mean, I feel like the girl from... Uh, the actress who played that role in the TV show is like on the tip of my brain for that. But also what about, um, Oh, maybe, and I'm not sure, but like maybe like a Blake Lively for Piper. Yeah. Oh, she would be good. I mean, cause she's Although like, Blake has a pretty like subdued inners uh, like vibe. Yeah, like I don't, a little more yeah. like wound up. I mean, and, yeah. and I think the fact that Blake Lively has four children in real life, I don't. I think you maybe need someone who's like younger and like mm-hmm. people don't even think of as like a mother person. You know, like I don't know. I mean, God and Brandon. I just kept picturing all my ex boyfriends. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> do any of them act, or are they any of them interested in acting? No, not at all. No, it's just that they like live the role. You know. I was thinking. Do you ever come across that lumberjack on um, TikTok? No, but I should probably follow him. Huh? What What's the story? Yeah he just cuts lumber in a way that feels so sexual and it is just like him he's like shirtless and he just like or wearing like a tank top or something and then he just like puts the log up and then just like splits it and it's oh my god 
all of the stitches are just women like fanning themselves oh my god that's so funny i mean that's my thing it's like i i it needs to be like a real manly big guy and that's the thing that makes me nervous because i feel like they're always like here's this handsome man and like handsome in hollywood is like a little bit effeminate which is fine like listen i'm not i'm not saying i don't like it but it's like it needs to be like somebody like rugged with like a deep voice oh i know i know two things there one i will say the only complaint i had about the cover is that like i I felt like his muscles weren't big enough like Mm. you know i was like this guy could definitely be made larger based on like what the vision i have of the character and Mm -hmm. two i totally get that do you i felt like god that was what threw me batty about sex in the city i felt like sex in the city would be like oh no here comes the hottest guy in the neighborhood and it was always some like total dweeb like not hot especially in seasons one through three i just was like who's doing your male casting because it's terrible it was always like a joke like there there's not one attractive man on sex in the city Mm -hmm. like aiden maybe i mean aiden and big are hot but like before Aiden and Big emerged as kind of the like, I just I thought. But hot, like if you saw them on the street, and we've all seen Mr. Big on the street many a times and in bars I, and you know hitting on young women and how it goes. Yeah. But like you like, I would be like, there's a hot guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you know what I mean. Like no. in the context of the show, I get it. Mm-hmm. But like. If you're just like, show me a hot guy, I'm just going to be, I don't know. Yeah. I don't no, want to, what's his name? I don't want to rag on him. John something. No, John that's Corbett. The name of the show. But oh, John Corbett. John Corbett's Aiden. I mean, and Aiden, I will say like, I liked that initially he's sort of this like kind of heavy set hippie. And so she's like, eh. And then when like he comes back, he's like lost all that weight and like kind of tighten up his hair. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you want to <laughs> get back together with the, you know. Yeah. I mean, it could be like an Aiden type. I hope it's mm-hmm. an unknown and uh, we need a new hot guy. We yeah. don't have enough hot guys now, I think in Hollywood and we need to get more. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm dead serious. Oh my God. We're, we have a dearth of hot guys. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, any final thoughts for your first romance and will you read another? I, you know what? I think I would read hook, line and sinker. Maybe. I might need to give myself some time before I do that. Um, just because I don't know if I want to go. Like, yeah, I think. But I don't. I mean, I don't think I'm like a romance convert. But it was fun to read something different. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, and I'm gl- like, I'm glad because I, you know, remember in college, I had a lot of friends who would read romance, and I just never did. So like, I'm glad that I did under your careful guidance. Um, <laughs> and I think maybe down the road I would read Hook, Line, and Sinker. Um, but I, I just don't know if I would like ever, I think I would literally either read Hook, Line, and Sinker or never read another single, another romance, you know? Like, oh, wow. So you're like Tessa Bailey or I don't do it. Yeah. I, I mean, just because I feel like there's some, like, I'm like, I know Hannah and Fox. Okay. I know what to expect, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't see myself just rant, like, because when I, I posted it to my Instagram stories, just being like diving into this. And a lot of people were like, oh, check out this one. Check out this one. Um and in my head, I was like, I don't know, you know, like, I don't think I would. I think I would either read the next one here, like, you know, connected to this. Um, yeah, that's probably would be it for me. Interesting. I mean, I think it would be fun to have you come back if you were ever willing to and read like a historical or like a shifter or something like that. That's like a little bit more out there because mm. this is like pretty connected to our time. Cause mm-hmm. I will say like you have pipe, like as I was reading it, thinking of you, like there are similarities between you and Piper in a way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, including the kind of men you date, but like also just like vibes wise and like you are always like the life of the party and bring people in and, you know, have all that kind of that those like I feel like social skills make it seem like not what it is, but I do think there's something to be able to walk into a room and make people feel comfortable and included, yeah. which I think you always do. Oh, so I thank you. I love that. Yeah. And yeah, and I do think I mean, yeah, I think the character of Piper Yeah, I thought it was such a yeah, like I I definitely there were times where it kind of vibed with me where I was like, Oh, I get that. You know, I mean Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially like that she seems to really like old like senior citizens or you know wants to help older people which like i love that um and used to do a sing-along at an old folks home here in brooklyn um yeah yeah hmm. amazing 
I also like a lot of heroines are like this was like early in the 2000s. Like there would always be like with this rich guy who would always want to take him shopping. They're like, I couldn't spend any of his money. And I liked that for Piper. At the beginning, she's like, thinks that Brendan isn't rich, then realizes he kind of is rich. And then he's like, I want to take you shopping. And she's like, no, you don't have to. And then he's like, I want to take you shopping. She's like, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah. And then yeah. they buy, she buys a million jeans. Oh she God. asks if $100 jeans are expensive. And I'm like, I wish, no. Yeah, I know. The jeans are like $300 now. Seriously. And I thought that was funny too. Where he's like, what, he says something like, he's like, buying you clothes makes my dick hard. Like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, but I also, I mean, but you can see, like, I think, you know, it makes him feel like useful and I'm a man and I'm taking care of my lady. You know, like, I mean, I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I believe that it does. And even though I'd never thought about it this way, like, I totally buy this. Yeah, definitely. And I like, too, that he was, like, so direct with her whenever he was, like, having those kind of sexual feelings or feelings about her. You know, he would just be like, no, I want to have sex with you later, but first let's talk. Yeah. It's like, who doesn't want to hear that as a woman? Oh, I know. Like, yes. I know. It was nice. Let's connect emotionally and physically. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he was a real, like, straight shooter, you know? Yeah. Um, and, And I did, I found it very realistic also that, like, you know, he has his bachelor apartment, but he knows how to cook a couple things, you know? Like, just, yeah, a lot of it, I was like, oh, none of this feels inauthentic to this character. Yeah, he was making fish. Mm-hmm, exactly, you know. Of course Love he it. is. <laughs> All right. Well, ha- anything has you swooning other than it happened one summer and quite possibly hook, line, and sinker? Um, what do you mean? Sorry. I don't know. Sorry. So we do we do something at the end of every episode where it's like, something that you've been swooning about and oh, so it okay. can be like another book a tv show a podcast um okay yeah. anything yeah yeah it's been bringing you some joy lately yes well uh, a few things if that's okay one yeah, is um since june is here and it's pride month hotel lobby candle which i love mm. has this pride candle that's like a really nice citrus i've been holding on to it i got it like last christmas mm-hmm. um and i've just been holding it and waiting for june so I lit it the other day and it's just a beautiful vessel and it's like a nice citrus scent, which I love. So that has me swooning. Um, and I just last weekend watched the Brooke Shields documentary. It's like a two-parter. Oh, pretty baby. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like She's amazing. She's really amazing. Like I, I knew some of the stuff, but I didn't really fully understand it. And like, you know, it's just remarkable to see these clips of her at age 14, 16, being like raked over the coals in interviews, you know, where they're very much like asking her why Mm -hmm. is her career kind of the way it is. And like, they're not asking the male directors this. They're not, you know, like, it's just, it's sort of startling to see just the misogyny against her and her mother. um, Mm -hmm. And just really like taking them to task for these career things where it's like, why don't you ask the guy who optioned the book about a 12 year old prostitute why don't you ask him what he's thinking you know like yeah but no you know no asking the you know director of blue lagoon like huh do you think this is a little inappropriate like um but but yeah i mean i give her so much credit she's really come out the other side very uh, you know i mean she's such a solid person she seems like a great mom and a great partner um but yeah that i mean it, that's just been fascinating to me yeah that's an amazing one i feel like there's so many good documentaries coming out about women because now there's also the Anna Nicole Smith one. Oh, okay. Watch. And then the Pamela Anderson one. Have you yes. seen that one yet? I haven't, so. but I usually really like her. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've always loved Pamela Anderson. Oh. There was always something about her. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean VIP was such a funny show. Like I I you know, I mean, yeah, she was sort of I mean, I guess similar to Piper, like a really underestimated person just mm-hmm. because she was so beautiful. And like, yeah, she's a solid person who's in on the joke very much. Yeah, her her show, her, I think it's a just a boof, a documentary, but it's really fantastic too. Nice. Pamela. Yeah. And what about you? What are you swooning over? Anything? I know. I have to. I'm trying to think. Um. Oh, so I read. I got the arc for the um the book Knockout, which is the third in a series that I've been loving, and I got it early, and it's amazing. It's my favorite romance author is Sarah McLean. Um, 
And so it's her book and it just like blew me away. Mm. Um, no pun intended because the heroine is it like loves exploding things. Like that's her thing. Okay. But it just, it, it was just like a gorgeous book and so much fun to read. And it felt like such a return to form for Sarah that I'm like so thrilled and everyone's going to like lose their goddamn minds. That's cool. And it is available for pre-sale now nice. and then i'm trying to think obviously like the end of succession mm. was amazing are you do you watch succession shockingly no and everyone tells oh, me that i feel I like you yeah. would yeah i know i know i mean i should have been using it for like a fodder and inspiration for nyt vows um mm-hmm. but yeah i uh, yeah i really i do want to watch it but i want to do like start to finish you know but did you feel like the end mm-hmm. was satisfying I don't know that I've ever watched a better finale. Really? Pitch perfect. Wow. And it did an amazing job of not doing anything that I thought it would do, but everything it delivered was exactly the way it should have been. Mm -hmm. And it felt like an ending Mm -hmm. in a way. And it was just, it was just phenomenal. So I loved that. That's neat. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Maybe those are my swoons. That's great. But how... How can people find you, Selena? How can people follow you? If if are you open to them giving their own opinions about the book if they want to get out to you in that way or no? Sure. Yeah. I mean, if they want to like tweet <laughs> at me or whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All my my personal socials are just my full name, so S E L E N A C O P P O C K, and that's Instagram and Twitter. Um, and then I have my podcast. It's called Two Wick Minimum, T-W-O, Wick Minimum. And usually episodes I drop every other Tuesday or so. Um, and that's just fun chit-chat about candles, as you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, fantastic guest, yes. Um, yeah, well, no, and guys, it really is because you're like, a, a podcast about candles, like how interesting can it be? It's so interesting. Yeah. It is. Candles are the window into our, our psyches it's and kind of- how we think about so many things it's true. i love it it's so fun and it's, it's just so like funny. silly like i just feel like it brings up funny asides about like going to the mm. mall when you're a teen you know i mean it's just a fun one um and then yeah i have my twitter and instagram where i kind of lovingly mock the new york times wedding section and wedding culture that is n-y-t-v-o-w-s same thing on twitter and instagram um yeah so follow me wherever you like friends and please don't be mean if you think that i was too harsh or you know <laughs> oh my god Selena, you were not harsh at all. Okay. You really prepped me to for you to be like, I hated this book. I hated these people. I hated everything. <laughs> and all you said was like, I wasn't comfortable with how much sex, which I think is fair. Yeah. And I think I could have guessed. You know what I mean? Like, could, yeah. 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 So I mean, no. yeah, it kind of made me feel like, you know, in and just like that, which like I love to hate. Um, remember in and just like that when she's on the podcast and they're talking about like pretty like serious like raw sex stuff and Carrie's like I don't know like and everyone's like how can you be such a prude like you had you know a column that was about sex and that's I mean I kind of relate to that where it's like yeah like I I like I I'm interested in stuff about dating and relationships but like hearing descriptions of exactly like bulging thrusting crotches I was like ha god (laughs) oh I just can't handle it I mean, were you embarrassed? Were you ever reading those in public? Yeah. Oh, I mean, also for part of the like vacation, we were with my boyfriend's mom and stepdad, and I was just sort of like, mm. yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> hmm. You always feel people are gonna like. I always get nervous when I'm on a plane and I'm reading something like, you know, what a sex scene that like the person next to me just gonna glance over at that moment and be like, this girl is a fucking pervert. <laughs> exactly. Even though it's like they can't even see what your the words are you know like no yeah god especially that book does not telegraph what's happening inside yeah no it really doesn't yeah and i'm glad it doesn't because yeah i was like toting it around a lot of family time (laughs) 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 oh my gosh um all right well thanks so much selena for everything and if anybody wants to email uh the podcast we're at learning the trust podcast at gmail.com we have a Patreon. Uh, if you go to patreon.com and search Learning the Tropes, there are videos of all of our, ep- well, not all, most of our episodes there. Uh, if you want to have a whole audio visual experience, you can join us there. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Learning the Tropes. And next episode, this is a surprise for Selena. I'll be interviewing uh, Tessa Bailey about her new book, Unfortunately Yours. Whoa! Oh my God! 
Quiet. which is going to be out uh, at the end of the month. So if you have not yet uh, pre-ordered that book, make sure to. That's another couplet. Um, so uh, I didn't want to tell you beforehand, Selena, because I was nervous you would really pull back and you did it and it's good. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, she does a great job. And like, I mean, she really, I feel like in the, I don't know, in the intro section when she was talking about how she wrote this during lockdown, like I was like, oh, like this you know, she's figured out what works for her and for her fan base. And she just like, you know, makes the donuts. And yeah. Yeah. No. And it was a good introduction. I mean, the th- yeah. I think it says something that you want to read the next book. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all that an author can really ask for. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I'm just getting my, you know, like, I'm new to all of this. So I think that my sense of, yeah, like, I, I just, you know, I'm not the core audience for her stuff. You know, this is all very new to me. all right well on that note we will uh we'll all see you uh next time and until then happy reading everybody bye